Hello, everyone, and welcome back to season two of Inside LBUSD, the Laguna Beach Unified School District podcast. Before we start this week's episode, a couple of upcoming events to let you know about. On Tuesday, March 28th, there will be a DLAC meeting from 10 to 11.30 a.m. in room 91 above the LBHS pool. On Friday, March 31st, the annual Laguna Beach City Youth Track Meet will be held at the LBHS track from 5 to 8 p.m. And finally, just a friendly reminder that all school sites will be closed the week of April 10th for spring break. Wow, this year is flying by. And now, Health Matters with Dr. Michael Keller and Nurse Kelly Schultz. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Health Matters Podcast. Today's recording is being made on Thursday, March 23rd, 2023. That's 32323. Fun to say. Wow. My name is Dr. Michael Keller. I'm Nurse Kelly Schultz. And the purpose of our podcast is to share important information on health topics related to our students, staff, and families in Laguna Beach Unified School District. And today we have a really important topic to be talking about. We've covered some really cool topics in the past. Obviously, the the main theme has been on the COVID-19 pandemic. We've covered that a lot. We did have a really exciting episode on lice and the impact of lice and your experiences at school and how to go about detecting it and and taking immediate steps to take some action on that. But today we're talking about a really important topic called anaphylaxis. And Nurse Kelly, can you give us a definition of what anaphylaxis is? Yeah, so anaphylaxis causes the immune system to release a flood of chemicals that can cause you to go into shock. So your blood pressure can drop suddenly, your airways narrow, you have blocked breathing. Um, It's a whole kind of multi-system shut down at certain points. So we're just going to kind of go over like some of the common allergies, signs and symptoms, how we're going to treat it, that kind of thing today. Okay. And so would it be safe to say that anaphylaxis uh, is an allergic reaction to something that happens in the environment? Yes. It could be environmental. It could be something that you ingest, medication, latex. So some of, I'll just kind of go over some of our common allergies, which is like nuts, nuts, butters, fruit, especially pineapple, melons, strawberries, avocados at times, insect stings or bites. A lot of times we get bee stings, medications, or latex. Those are kind of the main ones. Obviously, it doesn't cover everything, but those are kind of the most common allergies. Um, Can you share a little bit about what the signs of anaphylaxis might be? Yeah, so the most typical signs of anaphylaxis that I've seen present in students begin with an itchy throat or tingling tongue. About half the time, this reaction is also accompanied by a localized or systemic rash. Depending on the severity of the anaphylactic reaction, um, I have also seen airways become restricted, rapid lip and eye swelling. An anaphylactic reaction is absolutely a medical emergency, which does require a medical intervention. Okay, and, and so when that gets identified, some of those early signs and symptoms, what are you recommending as kind of the immediate first steps? Um, so I'll kind of get to that towards the end of what I'm going to be talking about today. I'm going to kind of like start off with like how we would treat anaphylaxis. So Great. luckily there's treatment for anaphylaxis called epinephrine, also known as an EpiPen. There are a bunch of different generic and non-generic EpiPens available. My personal favorite EpiPens is the AviQ auto injector, um, as it will walk you through the steps of giving the EpiPen with voice commands. However, all EpiPens are relatively easy to administer. They usually have pictures on the actual syringe of the EpiPen. Also, when we're giving EpiPens, we usually are on the phone with EMS 911. So if at any point, anyone doesn't know how to administer an EpiPen and they're, you know, trying to look at it and they can't see it, the 911 operator will walk you through how to give one. 
Okay, and we as a school district, what is our level of stock EpiPens in the event of an anaphylactic episode? So each school site has four EpiPens. The elementary school has one box of two of the elementary or pediatric dose, which is 0.15 milligrams. And then we also have a box of the adult dosage, which is uh, 0.3 milligrams. Um, And that is what we have on stock for the elementaries and then the middle school and then the high school both have two boxes of the adult dose of epinephrine. So in the event of an anaphylactic episode or an emergency situation, obviously we have the stock EpiPens um, in our health offices ready to be deployed in the event of an emergency. Why do we also call 911 if we have those stock EpiPens? So the best practice is to call 911 after the administration of an EpiPen is to ensure the individual's vitals are stable or to transport to the nearest hospital if one or two epinephrine injections is not enough. And for the record, I have never seen two EpiPens not be enough, but I know that there are rare chances that this can happen, but usually EMS will come, they will check blood pressure, they'll usually hook up EKG leads just to make sure that the student or staff member is stable. By that time, parents are usually on board too, and then they can make a determination with the EMS team, whether they want to transport to a hospital or not. Sometimes parents will choose to do this if it's the very first anaphylactic reaction they've had. Sometimes kids have had them in the past and the parents feel comfortable knowing where they're going to be after. So it just depends. But we always err on the side of the caution um, just to make sure that we are doing our due diligence. Now, in addition to those stock EpiPens, some students have allergy action plans. Mm -hmm. Now, might they have some of their own stock of of epinephrine on site? Yeah, we do have a lot of students that have their own EpiPens with their medical orders. We also have students that have Benadryl orders. So a lot of times when students do have allergies, the doctor will write them a medical order to have Benadryl uh, ingested first. That way it can usually catch the anaphylactic, or not the anaphylactic reaction, but the allergic reaction beforehand so that it stops it from becoming an anaphylactic reaction. So if we do have it, it's a milder reaction, like it's a very minor tickle to the throat or it's just a a minor localized reaction or a very mild rash, we'll usually start with the Benadryl. We wait 10 to 15 minutes. During that time, usually the health clerk is calling the parent to just say, hey, we're giving you a heads up. They are having a mild reaction. We've administered the Benadryl. We're going to keep and watching them. Now, after 15 minutes, if their symptoms subside, then we usually will wait like another 5 to 10 just to make sure and let the student know that if at any point something starts to pop back up, which can occur, even though it's rare, to make sure that they have a campus supervisor walk them back to the health office um, or send the health clerk out to the classroom. Um, So that's usually what we'll start with is a Benadryl. Now, if we don't have a Benadryl, Sometimes we can call parents if they're close by to administer it. Sometimes it'll just go from zero to 90 real quick and we just go with the EpiPens. I'm hearing really clearly the importance of assessing the situation accurately and really efficiently and taking immediate action. Yeah, and, and that's the main thing that we do. We, we, we train our health clerks, our front office staff. A lot of our aides on campus are trained. Campus supervisors are trained. Administrators are trained. So we, we try to get a, a, as many people on campus trained on, on what anaphylaxis is and how to administer an EpiPen and just the importance of it all. And also just to make sure that everybody knows on, where on campus our EpiPens are located. If our audience members wanted to get trained, are there some videos that we could link to that we could put on the back of our show notes? Oh, I'm sure there are. I'll, I'll pull some up for you and put them on the show notes for sure. Sounds great. Also, I wanted to talk a little bit about the prevention side of anaphylaxis or allergic reactions. How, what are just some of the best methods for, for prevention? So the best way to prevent is to understand your allergy threshold. 
and then to be also educated on the signs and symptoms of anaphylaxis. So even if you have never had an anaphylactic reaction before, it's really important if you've had, say you've had a bee sting and you had a localized swelling kind of more than just like a regular bee sting, you had some type of a reaction, it's good to make sure that you're educated on what anaphylaxis is because if you've never had one before, you might delay going and using an EpiPen and I want to just make sure that it's very clear we don't delay. So be familiar with the signs and symptoms of anaphylaxis. And um, if you've had that pretty bad allergic reaction in the past, but you're not quite had an anaphylactic reaction, there's a good time that the next time you're exposed to that allergen, that an anaphylaxis will recur. So it's always best to carry an EpiPen or two on you at all times. Um, for students with known allergies, I recommend kind of what I've already spoken to before to parents to have a medical order for both Benadryl and an EpiPen because many times students' allergic reactions can be treated with Benadryl. They won't have to escalate to anaphylaxis. And anytime a student has an allergic reaction, like I had previously said, on campus, no matter how small or large, health clerks are trained to notify parents by phone, keep them updated on the status of the reaction. Yeah, it's so important to keep the lines of communication open and take immediate action when there's uh, any concern related to an anaphylaxis episode. Well, I also had an additional question about just the general population of students. Um, are you noticing just, I guess I'm more curious about what is the range of actual triggers that you're seeing? Is it, is it primarily insects? Is it, is it, is it environmental allergies like trees or grass or, or are you noticing food allergies or is it a com combination of all three? I really, I don't think I've ever seen an anaphylactic reaction to an, a, like a environmental allergy. Mainly I've seen bee stings and a lot of times those are the ones I'm talking about where someone had a bee sting in the past but hasn't really had a major reaction and then it becomes one. And then usually it can be kids that have known nut allergies that possibly ate something that they thought was nut free that wasn't and they're pretty well versed. The nut allergy kids really know what they are because they've been taught from such a young age of like what to have and what not to. So they're a little bit more aware of what their signs and symptoms are to be honest. Um, so those are really the two major ones that I see. So when we have those allergy action plans and when we ask for them instead of just having the orders, then we can say, okay, I know that this kid's going to have a reaction by just touching it and having the oils from that touch their skin or if it's an ingestible allergy. So um, those can happen too. Yeah, it's really important to know the individual profile of each student and that's why we encourage parents to connect with the school nurse, share the information from your from your, um, from your healthcare provider, ensure that we have all updated orders on file on a regular basis. If anything changes, we certainly want that information in a timely manner so we can know that action plan and be able to take the appropriate steps in the event of an emergency. Uh, Nurse Kelly, this has been really informative and helpful. I appreciate all the information that you shared with us today. Do you have any last thoughts? The only last thing that I will share real quickly is that if your student does have an allergy and we are aware of it in our computer system, in the medical stuff, we do have red flags so that teachers can see on the screen if a student does have an allergy. So last piece just to know. And if you have any other questions, feel free to call me. Sounds great. And we'll put uh, Nurse Kelly and Nurse Pam's information on our show notes. We'll put some additional information on how the general public can get information about training on anaphylaxis and how to respond in the community. And appreciate your time today. Hope you have a great week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Season 2, Episode 8 of Inside LBUSD. If you have any podcast questions or suggestions, we encourage you to visit lbusd.org slash podcast and let us know your thoughts. As always, please stay safe and healthy and have a wonderful week.